Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Good evening, everybody. I'm very excited to be up here sharing God's word with you again. Uh, we're continuing with our um, Just 10 series, and today it's How to Know God. And it's based on the second commandment about idolatry. And I was pretty excited to share tonight, because I obviously knew God had something to say to you guys. Nobody's here by coincidence, right? But I was even more excited when I heard Lucas at the beginning practically summarise my whole preach, even though, no, no, it's a good thing, right? It's confirmation, right? And then even Lydia touched on little bits, and none of us knew what each of us were going to say. So it was just fabulous that God confirms through different people at the same time. I love that. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I didn't think it was going to be a particularly difficult preach to write because idolatry is all about statues and money, right, maybe? I don't know. But as I looked into the scriptures more and more, I realized what a meaty topic it actually is. And the book of Exodus is just epic on every level. And I went down quite a few rabbit holes with that one. Um, but I just I think perhaps it's not going to go in the direction you might think it might go. So, But I definitely know God's got something to share with you this evening. So if you turn to Exodus chapter 20, And if you put a marker on chapter 32 as well, we're going to come back to that a bit later on. So Exodus 20, verses 4 to 6. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. And further down on, in verse 22 and 23, God highlights this issue once again. And he says, um, he says to Moses, Tell the Israelites this, You have seen for yourselves that I have spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourselves gods of silver or gold. So let's start by defining what idolatry might mean. It could be something or someone that we believe will help or bless or guide us. It could be something or someone that we put above God. It could be the worship of something or someone as if it were God and something or someone that competes for our love of God. So just let me set the scene a little bit. So when the commandments were given, it was a couple of months after Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt into freedom. And next slide, please. And they arrived at Mount Sinai, which is a, this place here. It takes about four and a half hours to walk up and down that mountain. And God called Moses up that mountain several times. So I imagine he was pretty fit. <laughs> um, and God called him up there to speak with him. And that's where he gave him the Ten Commandments, amongst a whole list of other laws and instructions that um, he was to share with the Israelites. And then the Israelites became um, a little bit bothered about uh, Moses' absence. So if we look at chapter 32, verses 1 to 8, because I think it's going to set us up for what's coming next. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing, bring them to me. And so they all took off their earrings, brought them to Aaron, 
and, took, and he took what they handed to him and made an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early, sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them, and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it, and sacrificed to it, and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And later on in that chapter, God says that he wants to punish the people, and Moses pleads with him not to, and intercedes for them, and God chooses not to. Why did they do that? I mean, they've just been set free by God through Moses. They've witnessed the parting of the Red Sea, which is the picture at the bottom there. I mean, imagine being confronted by that and then turning away from God in some capacity. They've heard God's voice booming at the top of the mountain and they shuddered with fear, thinking that they might die because it was so amazing. And up until this point, the people had relied on God and Moses to get them to where they are at this point in time. So why build the idol? Well, that's what they'd seen in Egypt. That's what they'd been doing. That's what they were used to, worshipping many gods and statues. And in, in their uncertainty, with nowhere to put their eyes, they went to default. Making and worshipping a physical statue, an image, an idol, a substitute for God. And Paul writes about it in the New Testament in Romans chapter 1, verse 25. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. It had just been the norm for them to worship idols. You see, we too can turn to idols for the same reasons the Israelites did. They saw God move, do something incredible, and yet they may as well have forgotten everything. They were indifferent to everything that had happened and nothing had changed inside of them. We too can ask God to help us and to bless us and to guide us. And we've already seen him do amazing things. I've seen him do amazing things. You have, right? You've seen him do amazing things. And yet, when we ask him for something or we're waiting, we sometimes get impatient because it's not looking the way we want it to look. It's look like it's not going to our schedule. And we're wondering what's going on. And then we might default to other ways. Things we may have done in the past. Things we may see other people do. How they handle it. Perhaps without even realising. The world seduces us away from God. And if we're not switched on, we can allow it to happen. And time and time again, this can become habitual, learnt behaviour that we do over and over again. So, how can we look at this story through today's lens? How is this relevant to us now? What images are we making that are problematic? I'm assuming you don't own a golden calf. So, next slide, please. So, I came up with a little diagram here just to demonstrate that. So, I, I thought we could look at um, idolatry as three things. Um, external, internal, and spiritual. Uh, the external are the physical things that we see, such as money, possessions, cars, all that sort of stuff. Things that were familiar as being an idol, right? And we can go after those thinking that they're going to bring us happiness. But they're just fleeting moments this side of heaven with stuff that we're not going to be able to take into heaven. 
We can invest so much time and effort and money in trying to get this stuff. And it's frustrating because that's the way the world is set up. If you don't have money, you can't do. If you don't have money, you can't go. If you don't have money, you can't give. That's just the way the world is. And it's broken, and we just have to deal with that for now and just remember our blessings and what God has actually given to us. And it can be internal. So how we see ourselves, our status, our jobs, our education, our certificates, our friends, hobbies, sports, and so on. It can also be people, our relationships, um, not just celebrities on the TV. So it might be a parent that you idolise. It might be your children. It might be a friend. People that you rely on to help you or bless you or guide you in some way and you're relying on them too much. And then, of course, there's Project You. There's actually a gym in Altrincham called Project You. And that's all about our image. And there's nothing wrong with looking after yourself. You know, as a physio, I'm, t I'm telling you now, please look after your body so I don't see it at some point in the future. Um, but there's a pressure about image and body shape. It's a social media-driven pressure of perfection also that um, we're just trying to meet those inner needs. And it can also be spiritual. And this is when we make an idol or a mental image of God that we'd like to worship. So we take the bits that we like about God, we disregard the bits we don't like about God or we don't understand because it suits us. And they're all connected by our self, by our self-centeredness, self-focus and self-preservation. Our need to satisfy self through greed, unmet needs and fear. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 so put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual, self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. Let me just focus a little bit more on the spiritual because I think that's a lot less tangible, a lot less obvious and a bit more stealth-like, but it's the, probably the most damaging um, idol form of idolatry, perhaps. Have you ever watched the programme Portrait of the Year? Next slide, please. So, <clears throat> just in case you haven't, they get... Um, a model in a room and they get a bunch of artists and they position themselves around the room, they set up their easel, they have their paints and their brushes and they all set about painting a portrait of the model in the room and it's a lovely process to watch, I, I love it. But what's absolutely fascinating is that although they're all in the same room, all at the same time, looking at the same model, the paintings turn out completely differently. None of them look the same. In fact, sometimes you might wonder if it's actually the same person. There's different colours. It doesn't show up very well on there, but as you can see, that's the same, same model. There's different colours, different shadows, a different focus, and a very different perspective. Side angles, frontals, close-ups. Each portrait is a, re is a version of the real person, even abstract sometimes. And I believe that's what we can do with God. We can look at God through our own perspective, from our own angle. We pick up a brush and our paints are facts we know about God, verses we've learned, remembrance of some experiences or other people's experiences, Bible stories, parts of songs, 
dotted about, slushed around in the murky water of what is life. And we come to think that that's perfectly acceptable, to hang it over the fireplace in our life at the forefront of our minds. But our minds have created this masterpiece because it's easy, it's convenient, it's kind of natural, it's familiar, it suits us. It fits with our needs. It's how we see and understand everybody else, so why not God? But God, God is not a created being. He is the creator himself. And if we create this image of God, who or what are we actually worshipping? It's not God. It's a version of him. It's a counterfeit, a misrepresentation, a fake at best. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves an idol. And the symptoms of making an image of God and worshipping it are that it severely affects our relationship with the one true God. This leads to missed blessings because God actually wants to bless us. It leads to disappointment because things, stuff, people, friends, relationships will always disappoint you. And unfulfillment, only God can truly fulfill us. And what this results in is having our needs met elsewhere. Encouraged by the world, encouraged by Project You, and we're never going to reach the top of that. We're always going to be going for more and more and more. We're never going to get there. We're just chasing the wind. And it also results in God-limiting wrong beliefs of who God is and what he can do. You see, we can know of him through a few details and experiences, but we can miss out on truly knowing him. There's a difference. We can know of him. We can know him. It's a bit like people on TV. So if it's somebody on TV that you may have watched as you've grown up over the years, Lucas has obviously watched for much longer than me, and and you bump into this person on TV one day, and you kind of go to say, oh, hello, are you all right? Like, you know them, and you don't. You know of them. You've seen them on TV, whatever they've been in, but you don't know the real person. And it's a bit like that with, with God. Um, recently, I had a bit of a blunder with my banking app, and um, I opened up the app, and I wanted to transfer some money from one of my accounts to another one of my accounts. So I went onto the payee list, and it said Antonia Mungai. So I clicked on that, and I typed in the amount, and then I clicked send, and that was late one evening. And the next day, I looked and I thought, where's the money gone? So I looked in the first account. The money had left. Great. Looked in the account I'd sent it to. Not there. Oh, okay. What's happened? Where's it gone? So I went back to the payee list. Antonia Mungai. And underneath the sort code and account number went my sort code and account number. No idea what that was, why it was there. I've sent some money to this random account apparently under my name, I don't know. So I googled the sort code, it was a different bank, rang the bank and said, I've had a bank account with you guys a really long time ago, don't use it anymore, I've accidentally sent some money to it, please could I have it back? So they said, okay, what's your name, what's the account number? So I gave them all the details and then they said, I'm sorry Mrs Mungo, but that's not your account, it's not in your name. I was like, oh, okay, Um, oh, is it in the name of my husband, Willis Mungai? Uh, no, sorry, it's not in his name either. Right. Is it in any Mungai's name? Uh, no, sorry, Mrs Mungai, it's not. Whose name is it in? Can't tell you. Right, so I've got no idea what's going on at this moment in time. But anyway, 
I've gone back to my bank and requested that money. I still to this day don't know what's happened. But when I went onto that app, I saw my name, I ignored the detail, and I lost the money. Yeah, I recognized who I was, disregarded the details of sort code and account number, and didn't get my money. Can you see where I'm going with this? Yeah? We see God's name, we know who God is, we know what he can do, but then we don't look at the detail, we don't bother to find out more and more and more, we miss out on the blessings. Yeah? And the detail of his character is really important, and it's tough, isn't it, to know God? I think Lydia touched on it, to get your head around him. How can you fathom such an awesome being? Excuse me. So if it's truly know God and his character and his way, we need to know him directly, not just know of him. To be present with him regularly, in relationship with him. But how do we do that? Through Jesus. Jesus is the answer. John chapter 1. Next slide, please. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Amen. When God gave the law to his people back in Egypt, sorry, they come out of Egypt, he knew that they'd sin. He knew that they couldn't possibly live up to those expectations and perfection. It was all about pointing us to Jesus. Isn't that brilliant? to highlight our need for a saviour. Romans chapter 5, 2021. The law was brought in so that trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Moses was a shadow of Jesus to come. The mountain climbing, the law giving, the interceding, the turning away, the mercy of God given to his people, now given through Jesus who lives in us and changes us from the inside out. Jesus, the living image of God, our human connection to a physical person that we can communicate with once we could touch him and sit with him and eat with him. And now by his spirit, we can continue to have that same access to him, a relationship with him, a relationship that needs my attention, a relationship that needs my intentional engagement. He's with me all day. I can chat to him whenever and wherever I want. Don't put Jesus in a chair. Some time ago, I read or heard something about how when somebody prays, they have a chair in the room. And there's nothing wrong with this. They have a chair in the room, and they imagine that Jesus is sat in the chair when they're praying. But are you a person that when Jesus is sat in that chair and you're praying, and you get to the end of your prayer and you say, Amen, you stand up and go, Okay, Jesus, I'll catch up with you later. Off I go. Be a person that says, Amen. Right, Jesus. Let's go and crack today, and off we go, yeah? We take him with him always. But we also need to be able to listen to him, to understand him, to get to know him. He is the living word, and my spirit is nourished by spending time with him. Reading scriptures, praying, worshipping, spending time with other Christians. I was so blessed yesterday at the ladies' event. It was just brilliant just to be around other people that love Jesus. Everything else is just a distraction. And where we direct our attention, our hearts and minds will follow. 
where's your attention? Where's your heart? To where or to whom are you looking to fulfill your needs? Who or what are you putting first? Who or what are you relying on to help you, to bless you, to guide you? Internal things, external things, a version of God. Are you investing in your relationship with the Lord? Don't be like the Israelites. They look to something else in the absence of Moses and we need look no further than to look to Jesus and the presence that he provides and provides with all our needs. Ask and it will be given to you. He wants a two-way, real, living relationship with you, allowing you to truly know who God is for yourself and receive the blessings available to you through having that relationship with him. As we go into prayer to close, I just want us to have a moment of reflection on what or who we may be idolizing. Are we pigeonholing God to be what we need rather than to seek to truly know him? Lord, bring to mind anything in our lives that we idolize, that we look to to help us, to bless us or guide us, that we put above you anything we substitute for you, anything that competes for our love of you. Holy Spirit, just bring those things to our minds right now. Lord, forgive us for not putting you first. By your spirit, help us in our moments of difficulty to keep our focus on you. Let us be a people that seek your face continuously and wholeheartedly. Help us to be more intentional about spending time with you in our busy lives, building our relationship with you. Give us opportunities to spend time with godly people that we can encourage one another in our relationship with you. We want to truly know you, not just know of you. Yeah, help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.